everyone, I'm Ari Meglin here with Rachel Poley and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer podcast. We are on episode 73 and this week's question is, do you have an author mindset? Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss a show and if you enjoy our episode, please do give it a like. Okay, so author mindset. I think the first point of the author mindset is to figure out what your definition of success is, because every author is different. And depending on whether you want to be a hobby writer or a professional writer or to have it as like a full time career, you kind of need to know the definition of the success for you personally, because how will you know if you've hit it? I think that's a definite thing to start with. So my definition of success is a little bit fluid, I think. And I think as for a lot of people, it can be like that, where I definitely want to get published and I want to be frequently published. So I want I want to have a consistent output of books, not like, you know, throwing out a book every month. That is way too intense for me. But I'd like to get to a point where it was like I was releasing a book every year, completing a book every year, maybe two books every year. So I say it's a bit fluid because at the moment life is still getting in the way a bit too much. But my definition of success would definitely be when I had a consistent routine regarding finishing slash publishing work. So that would be my definition of success. It's not how much money I make. It's not how many sales I make. That will probably come later. But for me right now, current definition of success is I would like to be publishing a book a year. And I think that's an awesome way to look at it because success is such a broad term. There's no true definition for it because everybody has a different definition, no matter what you're doing. Not even if you're writing, just everybody in general, their definition of success is different from everyone else. And I do have to agree with you. I I want to get on a consistent publishing schedule and writing schedule in general. I do want to point out that when you do figure out your definition of success, it might not always stay that way. You might think you want one thing, and then when you achieve that, things will change and you'll have a new definition of success. Or maybe you'll realize that your first definition was wrong or it wasn't right for you. Because when I first started writing, I wanted to be an author and I wanted that to be my career. And as I grew older and I realized that there's so much more to just writing novels and publishing them, and it's hard too. I realized that's not exactly what I want. I don't want to write to make money. I want to write for myself. I want to write because I enjoy it. Oddly enough, Ari, I think our definitions of success are the same. I just want to put books out there and say, yay, I did it. And if people ask about my writing, I can just say it's on Amazon. Go check it out. Or if they don't care, then that's fine. I can say I wrote my stories for myself and they're out there if people want to read it. And if not, then I had fun writing it regardless. I like that. And I think it might be because both you and I work for ourselves. I think if I was still in an office job that was like leeching the soul out of me, I can understand why my my definition of success would be a full-time author, making six figures, you know, proving my worth, blah, blah, blah. But I now work for myself and I have a creative job. So that fills a lot of the, well, the creativity that I was craving when I was just working in an office and it was slowly killing me. So I don't have that requirement of like, I need to be a full-time writer. I love writing and I would love to do it a lot more than I'm doing it. I'd love to be, you know, publishing more books, but I don't consider publishing four or five books a year and making 
thousands and thousands the level of success I need to reach anymore because I'm happy with doing other things like you said it's like I wouldn't want to have to stop working for myself to just to be a full-time writer I actually like the idea of trying to do both in which case it would be unlikely that I'd be managing writing several books a year when I have another job that I'm doing as well yeah and the funny thing is I don't when I first started writing, I, I wrote because I wanted it to be a career. But then obviously, as you said, we work for ourselves and we have all these other creative outlets to the point that I still really enjoy writing novels and I don't want that to turn into work. Like we could talk about the hustle mentality, like all we want. That's probably its own podcast episode. But I don't I've gotten to the point that i I don't want to burn myself out with writing novels. I want it to continue to stay a passion and stay as a hobby. I don't want it to turn into a job because then I'm going to get burnt out and I'm going to resent it after a while. That's a really good point. And um, since we're talking about like resentments and things like that and kind of like the mental aspects of writing, we're going to go to our next point regarding the author mindset. So authors go through quite a lot of issues regarding self-doubt, fear of failure, perfectionism, lack of discipline, struggling to find your voice. It's not just a case of sit down and write a novel. It would be brilliant if that was literally the only thing that we had to tackle. But unfortunately, there's all this other stuff crowding in our heads. And let's forget about criticism from friends and family and random strangers who learn that we write stories. We are always going to be our own worst critic. I mean, we can even talk ourselves out of writing altogether. So that comes to the next set of, of the author mindset about where you are in your head regarding your writing and how things like self-doubt, fear of failure, perfectionism can be really detrimental and how you need to kind of tackle those negative aspects. And let's be honest, they are really hard to do. And I think one thing that I'm, I'm getting a bit tired of seeing is the idea that you have to have them to be a writer it's almost it's almost got to the point where you know the the old saying was like you know the the writer was usually an alcoholic loner living on barely any money and just passion for their art that's great but no thanks I, I don't want that and the same with the whole you know like self-doubt perfectionism fear of failure we all go through it I think writers and authors need to kind of try and get past those or try and at least bring them down a bit so that they're not it's not the only thing that's in your head oh my god fear of failure it's like okay talk about it figure out why you fear it and make decisions make changes I don't like this kind of mentality that well all writers have a fear of failure and that's just what we have it's like well no if we all had a fear of failure to the point where we'd never published there would be no writers it's almost some of it has almost been romanticized i've even seen it with depression and anxiety a lot of creative people suffer from depression and anxiety and those are you know serious mental health issues but they shouldn't be romanticized by writers you know that's that should be a, a, something that you hopefully get help with and you hopefully manage to cope with i'm not going to say get rid of because it doesn't always work that way but i have seen a few things on like instagram especially where these kind of conditions have been romanticized by writers. And I don't think that's a positive mindset to have. So yeah. One important thing to note is that everybody has a different journey. And I do agree with you that anxiety and depression is romanticized in the whole starving artist view, I guess, if you will. And bear with me, this is going to sound really weird that I'm comparing writing to a highway. But you're, I, it took me a few years to get my driver's license because I had I just didn't care about driving at all. 
And when I did get my driver's license, it took me years to drive on the highway. And because it freaked me out, I, you know, I like going fast, but I don't like other cars and other drivers that they freak me out. And when I first started driving on the highway, my friend told me, she was like, listen, you just need to do it. It's one of those things that you can worry and worry about it and you can stress yourself out over it, but you just got to do it. And once you do it the first time, you'll realize that it's way more simple than you think it is. And you'll be able to do it again and again and again. That's what I did. She and I went to my sister's house one time and she was like, you can drive and you can drive on the highway. And we did. And I've been driving on the highway ever since. And she was right. Like once you do it the one time, you realize why haven't I done this before? And I do have a point. It does pertain to writing. I think about what she said about that all the time when it comes to my writing, because it took me years and years to self-publish a book. And in 2019, I finally self-published a collection of flash fiction stories. One of my uh, blogging friends, she actually suggested, she was like, you have so many short stories on your blog, you should edit them and rewrite them and compile them into a book and self-publish it. And I thought it was a great idea. And it took me a long time to heed her advice. But then I realized, you know what, I just have to do it. So you can have that fear of failure and you can have that self-doubt. But once you just decide to take that leap and just do it, things get so much easier. And after I did it, that's actually what made me change my definition of success. Because I liked the process of actually self-publishing and figuring it all out and stuff. But then I realized, you know what, this was fun, but I actually don't want to continue this as a career. I know I'm capable of doing this now and I just want to keep churning out books and I want to do it for myself rather than other people and to make a buck. I think you've hit the nail on the head completely though. It is like, you just have to do it. I think this whole, you know, all self-doubt and all the fear of failure and imposter syndrome, it's like, yeah, show me an author who doesn't have at least one of them. If you're using it to stop yourself from becoming an author, from stopping yourself from from sharing your work, from getting beta readers, you know, for for putting small stories online, that's that's when it becomes an issue. I think that's that's the issue, isn't it? It's like people people get kind of caught up with all this stuff, and they're sort of like it paralyzes them. That's what it does. It paralyzes them from doing anything. And it's like if you're waiting for all the self doubt to go, you're gonna be waiting forever. If you're gonna be waiting for the, the fear of failure, you're gonna be waiting forever because you could fail. But then the next time you could succeed. I mean, how many times have we seen these traditionally published authors who got rejection after rejection after rejection letter and they still did it? You think they didn't get hit in the heart every time one of those came through the door? You know, it's 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 fine having those things. But if you are honestly letting them rule how you do things, that's not good. And just because I have to add this as a bugbear, it's OK to have self-doubt and fear that you're not good enough. Right. It's OK. Because as you do more writing and get more practice, it will start to ease. You might still always have it because let's be honest, there will always be writers better than you. You'll write, read things and be like, oh my God, that's brilliant. Why am I not as good as that? Use it as a bar to keep your writing getting better. But if you constantly 
go on about how bad your work is over and over, even when people are giving you compliments, even when people are giving you good reviews and saying, wow, your work is great. If your response is, no, I don't think it's that good. It's never going to be as good as this. That's self-sabotage. And eventually people are just not going to want to read your stuff, not because it's not good, but because they're tired of, of having all their compliments thrown back at them with, no, I don't think it's that good. And I'm not as good as such a body. I don't think I'm going to be good enough to publish. Honestly, it can get tiresome. And I don't mean that in a nasty way. We're supposed to support each other and share our experiences and lift each other up. But if people are trying to do that and you aren't helping yourself and, and helping them to do that for you, eh, you're going you're gonna to be pushed aside. I'm sorry, but yeah, people get a bit tired of that. Just saying. <laughs> We're going to get a lot of criticism for that. <laughs> I do want to add to that. I, I agree with you that it is okay to have self-doubt and things like that. But I also want to add that everybody is on their own journey and it's not a race and there's no rush. So if you are struggling with self-doubt and you're working on getting out of your self-doubt, as Ari just described, you know, you have to work on building that confidence. It, it's okay if it takes you a couple of years to get out of it. Like it's totally fine. Everybody works at their own pace. That's all I got to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. With that, we're going to ask, what kind of author mindset do you have? And I think the best way of answering that is to answer some questions. Obviously, the first one is, how do you define your success? What is your reason for writing? Are you seeking validation, proving that you can do something? Are you joining a trend? Do you want to tell a story your way? Maybe you read something and thought, huh, I can do better than that. I think we've all been there. And as Rachel said, it is a journey and having the right mindset will help direct that journey. So definitely try and find out why you're writing. And it might be really obvious. You might be starting to go, well, obviously I like telling stories. But if you really start thinking about it, everyone does have a slightly different reason. It might be an outlet for you. It might be a way of dealing with emotional turmoil and, you know, rough childhood that you can put your emotions into stories. It could be because you really feel that you can make a difference and you want to share a message with people. You know, it, it isn't always just down to, I want to write stories. So I think just taking a little bit of time and thinking about why you really want to write is a good way of starting to set up your author mindset. You do need to figure out why you're writing and it will change over time. As I said earlier, I originally wanted to write because I wanted to turn it into a career. And then I changed my mind and I said, I just want to write because I enjoy writing and end of story. And that's why I write. I write for myself. And through figuring out why you're writing, you need to also understand your strengths and your limitations. And then once you do understand them, you got to work on them both. Writing is not just a one and done thing. You're constantly learning and improving your skills. And that's through editing and beta readers and uh, engaging with other writers, engaging with readers. And with each, with each book that you write, you will notice little differences. If you that people always say never to delete your writing. And I do agree with that because it's amazing to write something and then look back at something you wrote five years ago and see the difference of how much you have improved. It is amazing and it's hilarious, but you can clearly see where, where your strengths now are, but also where you still have some weaknesses along the way. And then you can slowly improve on those. I have to say, I do love keeping all my stuff. I keep everything, to be honest. I'm, I'm very much a pack rat. But one of the things I love doing is reading old scenes that I thought were brilliant, 
you like the ones where you're like, oh, this is the best thing I've ever written. And then you go back five years and you're like, oh my God, that's true. Yeah. Why did I think that was good? I know. Well, that's like when I when I compiled my old flash fiction from my blog into a book, I, I rewrote all of those stories because I looked at them on my blog and I can't believe people followed my blog. People commented saying, wow, this is brilliant. I'm like, it's really not though. <laughs> that's it. The bar always moves. And, and it yeah. should. you shouldn't have this like, I want to be a writer. I want to get to the level of, you know, pick a famous writer, Neil Gaiman. It's like, that's great, but that should be one bar. And then you should move that up. If you reach, don't remember, if you reach the level of Neil Gaiman, that is pretty damn impressive because I've read his work and God damn, that guy can write. But, but yeah, so yeah, the, the bar is always moving and, and what you think is great is, uh, is not always great, but yeah. I have to say though, I wouldn't want to do what some authors have done where they published their novels and became you know, really good, famous names and then went back and rewrote some of their early stuff. It's like, no, 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 you need to leave that as crap because that's what it was. You can't go back and fix it once it's been put, especially if you're traditional, I, I think that's awful to go back to your old one and go, I'm going to make it better. No, no, no. You want to catch a couple of spelling mistakes, but no going back and, and, and treating it like, well, I'm 20 years older with better experience. No, no, you have to leave that crap as it is. That's the rule. <laughs> you need to show people that you are improving. Everybody has to start somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and every, everything is subjective too, because like whether you write really well or you don't, there's always going to be two readers and one is going to think you're absolutely fabulous and the other one is going to think you're total trash. So true. Yeah. And it could even be parts of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Another point on our, on our directional journey of, of, of being an author and getting the right mindset is creating working habits. Um, I love slash hate talking about this stuff because I really do believe in habits and I do believe cultivating strong working habits is brilliant. Am I good at that? No, no, I am not. I can keep a habit going for quite a while and then one thing will hit me and it's, it's out the window. But honestly, creating habits works, whether that is the habit of writing every day or writing consistently, making sure that you have a habit of creating an outline every time you start writing, your habits for speaking to your readers, connecting with fans, working on your social media. The more working habits that you have where you don't have to think about doing it, you just you know, where you think, well, I'm going to start a new story and you automatically open your document and start writing your outline or doing your brain dump. Anything where it takes some of the inertia away, you know, it takes some of the friction away is brilliant. So if you find it easy to write every morning at the same time, then cultivate that habit because it works. If that doesn't work for you and you better working just once a week at the weekend, because that's when you get a chunk of time, then make that your consistent habit. But yeah, I think if you're trying to just wing it in everything, you might manage it. But honestly, I think there'll be more friction than you realize. So working habits, create working habits for your good author mindset. I mean, you can certainly start off winging stuff and then develop these habits over time when you learn how to go about the different stages of writing and you learn. Uh, because research is your friend. Let me tell you, if there's something you don't understand about any process of the writing, ask for help through the writing community, research it yourself. Google is fabulous. Go to your library, look up writing craft books, because I'm going to bounce off of what Aricha said and say that under that you got to understand that being an author is more than just writing. Whether you want to write 
for a career or you're writing as a hobbyist, you know, when you get your books out there, you still need to learn how to edit. You still need to learn about cover design. We recommend getting a professional cover artist and professional editor, of course, but you can still have these ideas yourself. You still got to edit, do a little bit of editing yourself, and you can have thoughts for your cover design and things like that. Um, and also marketing. That's a, that's a huge huge thing. And again, not everybody markets because not everybody cares about the sales, which is totally fine. But if you do want to write and publish books, there is some learning along the way. And it's not just you sitting down at a computer and typing away to your heart's content. There's a lot more to it. I wish it was that, but it's not. Yeah, that would be good. If it was just that, just the writing and you just handed a really rough manuscript to somebody else and they fixed everything. I mean, we'd have so many books published right now (laughs) if that were the case. Seriously, that's the reason. We don't have other people doing our job for us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And just to add to that, obviously, if you wanted to do this more than a hobby, even if it's not going to be a career, but if you want to do it with more, uh, you know, with more oomph, as I can't think of any other word to describe it, you have to remember it's also a business. So that means keeping receipts, doing taxes, being aware of things like branding, you know, getting professional photos done. So there's all these other aspects. It's like, yeah, it's like if you honestly think it's sitting and writing, then hmm, you're in for a rude awakening, especially if it becomes your full time career. Another point, build a community. And I'm not just talking about readers. Obviously, we love our readers. We want lots and lots of readers and we want them like constantly on our pages going about how awesome our books are. Really wish that would happen. But the community is also with other writers. It's with other professionals, you know, whether it's with editors and cover designers. You don't write a novel on your own. You have book cover designers, you have editors. You, If you're lucky enough and you can pay for it, you might have marketing support. You know, you've got book publicists. There's all these other people you work with, whether it's on a very professional capacity or even in a, in a more casual capacity, like contacting bloggers and seeing if they can do book tours. There's all these people who you are working with and they're part of the community and you certainly shouldn't just be visiting them like one off just to get them to do something for you and then vanishing. I mean, obviously, if you're booking someone to do a cover design, you don't have to be their best friend, but do understand that it is a community and the more you spread word about, you know, the people you work with, the more they can help you with yours and get a bit of exposure and just connections. It's all about connections. So you might find a brilliant editor. You might be struggling to find a cover designer. That editor might know of someone. You find a really good cover designer. You then pimp their work because you were really happy with how they did it. Not just your book covers, but them in general. You know, it's all about networking and supporting each other. We've talked about this before. We're not in competition with other writers or with anyone. We are a community and we should support each other. And the more support you give, the more support you get. It really is that simple. I want to interrupt this uh, program real quick and say that my neighbors across the street are getting their lawn done. So if you hear any whirring in the background, that's why. And I apologize. Anyway, see, building a community is something else that is more than just writing when it comes to being an author. And as Ari described beautifully, that it's not just readers. There's a whole team that makes your book work. It's publicists, it's book cover artists, it's editors. It's Yeah, like, <laughs> I like lost my train of thought in the middle of that sentence. Very eloquent, just, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, pretty much. There's, there's just, there's so much to it, which is why my final point probably should have been one of the first points of this, but... 
make a plan. I know we, we said that like, you know, everybody's definition of success is different and things like that. And even if you're a hobbyist writer, sometimes you might just write for yourself and you might keep it to yourself or you might set it up for free on your blog or you might self-publish it and, you know, not worry about the marketing. You know, whatever you do, you do you, it's all fine. But it does help to make a plan no matter what you want to do. Plan, plan it out. Plan out when the editing's going to happen, plan out when the cover artist is going to have your book or going to be working on your book, I should say, and plan when you feel like self-publishing. Because I think, Ari, you mentioned it earlier when you said you want to be in a consistent publishing routine. You don't want to be turning out a book every month. Some people do, and I really don't know how they do it, but they do it. Good for them. But if you're if you are planning on publishing a couple of books a year or just one a year, it's easy to have a plan and say, okay, this month I will be working on this, that month I'll be working on this project, and so on and so forth. It keeps everything well organized and it it helps keep your mind clear too, because we're we're all clusterfucks. <laughs> I would have said scatterbrain, but yes, I think that clusterfuck is probably just. Like... <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else. You can get that out. Swearing on the podcast. It almost never oh, happens. Please, like you don't. <laughs> oh no, yeah, that's it. I'm usually the one that swears. And at this time, it's like, I didn't have a swear word. I couldn't think I of any other way to describe it. <laughs> but scatterbrain, that's a good one. <laughs> to be fair, you're right. It's like we are. I think any creative, it's like some people are very organized, but even organized people, we can get a little bit. So yeah a plan and, and I think the idea is people go oh yeah I can plan I know what chapters I'm writing it's like is that it are you kidding you need a marketing plan a publishing plan a, a pre-launch plan a, an after-launch plan you need a big calendar you need to be thinking like big like like you said my my concept is publishing one one book a year eventually <laughs> when life gets the fuck out of the way that is the goal publishing once a year but that's going to be like a year of planning. And, and that is like, you need to think big when you plan. And it's not always easy. I think it could be a bit overwhelming, but you start small and, and, and get a bit bigger, definitely. But yeah, I, I, I'm actually getting a bit stressed thinking about that, actually, how, how to plan. I do want to add, speaking, you know, as a planner myself, you do need to be careful with your plan because it is very, very easy to fall down that rabbit hole and plan and plan and plan and never actually start the work because it's <laughs> easier to plan than it is to write. And this is where I am right now. I just plan and plan and plan. And I don't actually write my novels. Hence why my mystery book has taken, what, what am I on? My 11th year of writing it? You know, sorry to admit that, but... <laughs> I have to say, that reminds me of the novel slash TV series, the UK series, Red Dwarf by Grant Nyler, which is actually two separate authors. And they had the character of Rimmer, who was the hologram on the spaceship. And they had this bit where it talked about how he was studying for his astronaut navigation exam and he had like weeks and weeks and he spent weeks and weeks planning out his little calendar and he color coded everything and it was like broken down into sections but he literally spent his entire study time creating the plan so yeah it, it always makes me think of that <laughs> that would be me <laughs> i like the idea of planning things and and then you know not actually executing them because then things get tough. Speaking okay. of negative aspects of the author <laughs> mindset. 
<laughs> Procrastination apparently is one of them, definitely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you just start, just start, and it'll get easier from there. Exactly. Start, get a plan, make some deadlines, but try not to be so rigid because I know that's my issue. I'm like, yeah, by this month I'll have done all this stuff. And it's like, no, not a chance. And then I get disheartened and then I just stop completely. God, we're awful. Who put us in charge of uh, a writing podcast for no the writers? Sorry, guys. <laughs> what, what do we say? Take our, take our words with a grain of salt and, you know. I think it's more, you know, this is all the stuff you should do and we're living proof that we're not doing any of it. So Yeah, so do do as we say, not as we do. 100%. That should be our new tagline. <laughs> okay, I think we've covered everything without making it too intense, although maybe it's too intense, I don't know. So now it's your turn. Do you have an author mindset? We would love to chat about it. So tell us your answers in the comments or over on Twitter using the hashtag The Merry Writer Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want to get some extra content, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash The Merry Writer Podcast. You can support our show for as little as $1 a month and get extra bonus content. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode where we ask all the right questions. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Sticky Notes. Our walls are covered. The music titled Inspired is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.